Hi friends, welcome to Artsy Engineering Radio. My name is John, I'm an engineer here at Artsy and I'm joined today by Joanna. Please introduce yourself. Thanks for having me, John. My name is Joanna, I'm a director of product at Artsy and I currently PM the collector experience team. And I've been at Artsy for almost three years. Time flies. It sure does. Uh Yes. So the reason that I was interested in speaking with you today is that I wanted to talk about the way that our product team at Artsy is set up, like some of our choices around the org- like the way we've organized ourselves, how we work, um, both to sort of uh, be able to reflect on it because it keeps changing, um, but also just kind of like share some knowledge and share some things that, that we've learned along the way. Um, so, so we've made some notes here. We have some some ideas, some topics. I think the first thing I want to dig into is this acronym that we made up. Um, <laughs> it's called PDDE. What is that, Joanna? Yeah, it's really a tongue twister. Um, I think at other companies I've worked at, they just call it product and they kind of assume product means actual product management, engineering, design, data, but at Artsy, we've been specific about using this acronym to recognize each org uh, that we see as core partners. Um, so the P stands for product, as in product management. The D, oh man, which D do I put first? This is this is controversial. Uh, I had in my notes design, so I'm going to say the first D is design. The second D is data. That's so weird. I had data as the first one in my notes. Oh, wow. We're going to get in a lot of trouble after this episode. We like you equally, design and data. You're equally as important to us. So, yeah, that's what it stands for. Those are the the four teams uh, that you and I both work with on a daily basis. To give a sense of the size of the organization, we put some headcount numbers here. So for engineering, I put 38 question mark. I'm pretty sure we're at 38. Um, anyway, something in that range. Uh, and then I think you found some numbers for the other ones. Yep. For product, I have six, design, four, and data, seven. It's funny that you put a question mark on engineering because somebody that I interviewed last week said that nobody could tell them exactly how many engineers we have. We were all kind of guesstimating. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because this number is changing constantly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we'll, we'll talk later. We're still trying to grow our product org. And um, so we're hiring this year and, you know, attrition happens and then hiring happens. And so it can be kind of a little influx, but yeah. Okay. So, so we, so we talked about this acronym PDDE as like how we refer to our product organization. And we have broken this product organization down into some teams. Uh, I count, I think six here. Um, so I was going to maybe just like say them all, and then we can kind of maybe just talk about what they, um, what areas they kind of cover. Sounds great. So the first one, because of course I wrote this list, is the team that I'm on, which is the Grow team. Um, and then we have the FX team, or Find and Explore. Then we have the Purchase team, the Collector Experience team, which is the one that you work on, the 
um, partner experience team, and finally the platform team. Yes, and we like to use acronyms, so FX, CX, PX. <laughs> yeah, who's got time to say collector experience all the time? For real. So, so <laughs> we we have worked and are continuing to work on like fine tuning the focus areas of these teams, and probably like many organizations, there are certainly gray areas about who control or like who's responsible for which things, but loosely grow is about establishing a strong first impression of artsy um, to, to users and to like drive that new user growth, early retention, and then foster like a long lasting relationship with the collectors that use artsy.net. Do you want to take FX? Yep. Um, thinking of grow as the very top of the funnel, FX is really the next step in the funnel. So they're focused on matching collectors to art that they love. So the core areas uh, that they'll work on are search, filters, discovery, also partnering with the curation teams and merchandising teams. But really, at the end of the day, they're trying to match a collector to an artwork that they will then want to buy, which leads us into the, the next team, which is the purchase team. And purchase is focused on building a seamless and joyful buying experience. So for buying art, buying art online wasn't a thing that existed really until we did it two years ago. I mean, maybe it was possible, uh, but really we started to bring that transaction online and the purchase team continues to evolve it, make it more seamless and frictionless for the buyer. Yeah, it's a core area of focus for the company, obviously. And so having a team that's dedicated to it just is kind of natural. Yep. The next team is CX, the one that that, that you work on. Um, the, the description we wrote here was tools and insights collectors need to buy, manage, and sell their collections. Um, I'll note that the iOS application for Artsy is pretty squarely in your wheelhouse. Yep. Although we don't like to say that any team owns a surface. There's no owner of web. There's no owner of mobile. Um, the collector experience team has really focused on building out these tools from a native mobile first approach. Um, so the iOS app is a core function. Android app coming up next. Um, but within the apps too, all teams are encouraged to contribute. Some of these I'll touch on, I think a little bit later, the collector experience team is one of the newer teams and was one of the core reasons for why we organized this way uh, two quarters ago. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, this is kind of a new structure. Um, so then we have the PX team. So this is for, like, I think of it as more of our, like, SaaS kind of offering, even though it really isn't SaaS. But it's like we have this CMS system because we we, we have galleries that, that pay us to, like, list their works on the site. And they need a way to, like, enter the information, to manage the information, to, you know, um, add a new artist they're really excited about, to add a viewing room that they're working on. So this team is focused on making sure that, as opposed to the collectors that are buying the artwork, the sellers, the galleries have a place where they can um, enter their information and, and keep things up to date. Yep. And I think this team kind of goes, some semblance of this team goes back the earliest in Artsy's history to day one when Artsy was 
probably knocking on doors of galleries and trying to uh, get them to let us upload their artworks on our website, which 10 years ago was probably Carter, our founder, knocking on the doors of these galleries, doing some of that manual work. Um, but and, a new, and, now, uh, and now we provide tools for them to do it. Exactly. And a recent change to how we think about partners is in the past, we thought about partners, our gallery partners and our auction partners under different teams. Uh, this structure combines partners as one. And we think this help will help to make the thinking more holistic as we're evolving these products and the lines are blurring between what galleries want to do and what auction houses want to do. Having a team that thinks really holistically about that is super important. Yeah, they're they're, they're partners regardless of what kind of like business model they're they're using. It's exactly. Increasingly, the business models are kind of converging. The last team on the list is the platform team. I didn't even like find a focus because I think it. I, I think you could just sort of say that the platform team is focused on operational kind of stuff in terms of like running a website, running um, a fleet of services. And they think about like trying to make the entire developer or like app delivery ecosystem at, at, at Artsy as like organized and efficient as possible. So they'll think about things like um, our CI servers and DNS and, you know, uh, applying best practices across all of our services and those kinds of things. Definitely. Performance, I think, has been a, a recent topic, too. Yeah, great. Okay, so we got through our list of teams. Um, why do we have these teams, Joanna? Yeah, I thought it was important to talk a little bit about why we decided to organize this way. And jumping ahead to a question I had further down is like, is there ever a perfect org structure? And my answer is no, there's never a perfect org structure. It all depends on what you're trying to optimize for at that moment in time. Trade-offs. Yeah, trade-offs. It, it really is like a product roadmap. There's no perfect prioritization. It's all about trade-offs. And so org structures are that way. Um, I think we have a pretty good one right now that's working for us, but the intention behind this structure was really to focus our, our core teams on the user problems that we wanted to solve. And previously, I think our, our team structure was a little bit of a mix of aligning. Some teams were specifically aligned to a business unit that exists in Artsy and other teams were aligned to a user problem or more of like the, the user funnel, like we talked about, there's grow and then FX and purchase, and that's kind of our clear uh, user funnel. So one of the teams that we added in this uh, reorg, which went down in Q4, um, yeah, not that long ago, was adding the collector experience team and so that was adding another team, kind of like a fourth team to focus on the end user. And what we had been learning in Q3 and Q4, uh, we'd started to just uncover a lot more about our end user. What were their needs? How can we best serve them? And we found all these opportunities that did not exactly match to one team. One business unit. 
Exactly. One business unit or one team that already existed today. And so we felt the need to carve out the space as this was really how we, we were evolving our product strategy to serve the collector with some of these tools that the collector experience team is focused on building. Um, so we're actually seeing now that we, we don't necessarily have a team mapped to a business unit, there's a lot more collaboration, uh, which I've, I'm finding to be really healthy. And like everybody yeah. has to understand what other teams are working on and how we fit together. And there's not just one team where one business unit is siloed and they only work with a team. There's a lot more cross-functional and even inter-team collaboration within PDDE. Yep, that's great. Um, so, so it's always tricky to change organization structures and, um, the one that we are referring to the, this one in Q4 that kind of is, um, setting us up for 2021, uh, were, were there any things we found that made that successful? Like, 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 can you think of things that you think went well? Yep. I think it's easy with reorgs to always find the things that didn't go well and oh yeah there's this thing we could have communicated better so i'm not i'm not going to get into that i think there's always opportunity to communicate more clearly as we reflect on everything we do um but i do think that one of the things that made this successful and getting people the context and the understanding of why we were doing it was really diving into the user insights and the user feedback, what were we were hearing from our collectors and how that was going to map into our product strategy. So then teams didn't just think, oh, okay, we just reorged because there's another idea for how we could fit together. But we had gone through some like a deep dive of these are the core needs that our users have, and these are the ones that we're not serving today. And we had that whole discussion, not even talking about org structure. That was really just to start to share out some of the learnings to engineers who hadn't been in the research sessions um, and really build alignment. But I personally think that helped build some context as to why we then decided to organize this way. People had already learned all of the things about collectors that were driving some of these decisions. And was was... Like what came first? Like did the um, user research drive us to change up our structure? Or was it like, we wanted to change up our structure and the user research? Like, I'm curious how that came to be. Yeah, definitely the user research came first. And I think what we realized is, oh, there's a lot of areas within this, what falls in collector experience today, a lot of needs that we're not serving. And if we were to just put that on top of the existing teams, we did have a we did have a find and explore team. It just things wouldn't get done. That things wouldn't get prioritized as quickly as we wanted to work on them. So uncovering more insights from users really drove this organizational decision. Yeah. So some things. So some things changed. We spun up new teams. We maybe assigned some new names. We shuffled some engineers around, um, but. 
things didn't change too. So some things that stayed the same are sort of like our team composition. So I wrote down here that in general, <laughs> our teams have um, the following structure. So Grow, for example, there's a number of core members, which we, we call core sometimes. And that means uh, the back to that PDDE acronym, there's a PM, a data analyst, a designer, and a tech lead assigned to each team. That's what we think of as our core members. And then there are some additional um, engineers filling out whatever, uh, you know, whatever staffing makes sense for that team. Yep. Then, and I noted here too, that we also have like leaders that don't fit neatly into this structure. So I'm thinking about like Sam, our CTO or Marissa, you know, had a product. Um, so I just wanted to note that too, that there are some people that are not neatly fitted into these structures. Yep. And we have engineering managers too, who are part of the team who we would consider an engineer in this case more of an IC. So while they are a manager, they participate in teams as, as ICs as well. Yep. Yeah. So that didn't change when we shuffled around our teams a little bit. Which I think is nice. I think that helps keep some continuity of, well, I can still expect my day to kind of be structured the same as it's been. Maybe what I'm working on will change, but um, what we work on is always changing. Yep. Okay. So then I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about, yeah, like some of that day-to-day -day stuff, some of the so like team meetings. Um, I just tried to like list out all the ones I could think of. So I'll read this off and we can kind of see where, where we want to dive in. So typically all teams have a daily standup. Uh, we've experimented a lot with this. Some teams have tried, you know, like an async, like a bot in Slack where they sort of type in their update and then everyone does that as they have time. Others really do have a call every day and some are a mix. Some maybe only like, like maybe have three days a week where they have a call and sometimes they just use a bot or they just like slack up. Um, yeah, but we try to follow that, that the idea of short standups. what did you do yesterday? What are you going to do today? Do you have any blockers? Um, but it's also actually, I mean, it's kind of a time for announcements as well. Yep. Uh, we have this meeting that we call a knowledge share. Um, and again, there's some experimentation. I know like your team, I think does two of them a week. The idea of a knowledge share and Ash actually wrote a blog post about it. So we can link that. But uh, the idea of a knowledge share is to break down silos, even within the team. So my team is pretty small, but like the CX team, there's a number of engineers and it's possible there are multiple even projects in, inside that one team. And so a knowledge share is a good time for, like from an engineer point of view, bring maybe something to the table that is interesting, challenging, or just worth sharing. But we don't just have engineers at these meetings. So um, yep. maybe you could talk about kind of how that works for you. Yeah, I really like the knowledge share. I love the concept. I love that we prioritize learning within our teams. And then I've also found that you know, being a PM, you tend to want to have meetings, but not too many meetings. And so this slot gives an opportunity if I do have something I want to share, say I'm working on a product brief for an upcoming project, and I want to share it with the team early, get some input, I can take a slot at the knowledge share, walk the team through it, and um, get everybody bought into projects that are coming down 
the pipe because we hate to wait till the last minute to be like, oh, here's all the stuff I've been working on. So I try to use the knowledge share as opportunities to keep the team aligned with our overall strategy and how we're moving towards uh, different projects on our roadmap. And I think design and data has also used it similarly. Data might come in and do a quick update on how we're tracking towards our key metrics or design will share something that they've been working on. Yeah, nice opportunity to kind of check in and just share stuff. The other, the next meeting I have here is not attended typically by all members of a team, but it's, it's called the core meeting. So again, we talked about a concept of a core part of the product teams being those four um, PM, tech lead, data person, and designer. So they'll meet. And this, again, is kind of experimental. Like we don't have necessarily a regimented, this is when they meet. Um, I think uh, I think for us, it's like every two weeks. Um, some people do week. Some teams do weekly, and this is a chance for those four roles to align on whatever's maybe in flight or what's coming on the pipe, like you were talking about, or what just shipped. Um, yep. And we do things here too, like preparing, um, you know, for demo, you know, like demoing things to the company or, you know, sort of that like PR function to help the rest of the teams understand what we're working on. Yeah. One other thing about the core meeting that I find important too is it's again about the ownership of the team's destiny and the strategy. So the strategy is not only owned by the product manager, but it's owned by each member of the team. And so this gives an opportunity to reinforce that, have some time and space to discuss, debate, and really uh, make sure that we're all working together. And each each voice and distinct viewpoint is accounted for when we're thinking about where our team is going. Yeah, not perfect, but it at least gives us an opportunity to try to check in. So, for example, sometimes analytics or data or tracking, or whatever, can be an afterthought in a project. Well, if we have the core meeting, if we have a data person present, then we have less opportunity to make that mistake and to think about it sooner. Definitely. Cool. These last three are kind of typical, I think, in this structure. So the retro, the grooming, and the planning. Um and what I mean by a retro is a retrospective in the agile sense of that word. So, uh, you know, taking aside an hour every sprint to have people fill out like a board of what went well, what could be improved, uh, have action items come out of it. Retros are a pretty important part, I feel, of our PDE um, culture. Um, yep. We definitely... Like I have seen retros cause changes, so it feels like a good like a like a good venue to bring things up. Definitely, I think we've made retro feel like a very safe space, and so people don't hold back about really talking about what could be improved. It's not just a time to pat ourselves on the back, which is fun, but it's also a time to talk about how we improve as a team because. Each team is responsible for getting better and growing together. So I love that about our company. And something else I love that I haven't seen at other companies is at Artsy, we facilitate or we rotate the facilitator role in retros. And I, I'm pretty sure every team in PDDE does this where 
it's not the same person every week facilitating. So every person on the team who wants to gets the opportunity to lead the meeting and practice some facilitation skills. Yeah. And uh, another nod to like, we're all peers here. This is a safe space. There's not one, like the PM isn't just always doing it. Exactly. Cool. Uh, we have grooming and planning left to discuss. Some teams do these combined. I've done them that way. I've also done them separate. Also, sometimes it's appropriate to like break out a grooming session when you're like maybe like kicking off a project. I think the way we think about these is grooming is more about evaluating our tickets in Jira and like making sure they're ready to work when there's no questions, like we don't have too big of tickets, you know, like some analysis or some writing of these tickets happens in grooming. Whereas planning is more like what's most important, what should we work on? What's the order? Who's on vacation? Is Christmas happening? Whatever. Is that a good summary? Do you think? Yep. And I think we include estimation of the, the stories as part of the grooming phase. And I think all teams are starting to align on using the Fibonacci scale for estimation. Um, I've seen some teams throw up uh, their numbers in like planning poker style. Some people just throw up numbers on their hand. Um, But I think we're starting to converge on all using that same process for estimation so that as we start to track velocity, it's standardized. Cool. Um, That's all I was going to say about team meetings. Uh, Any other thoughts there? What's your favorite team meeting? Got to be retro. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like the time when I can um, look back on the last two weeks. I like literally open my can. So so there's some phase of the meeting where we all kind of like put ourselves on mute and then enter cards into the Notion board. And I like that part because it gives me a little opportunity to like think about the, how the last two weeks went. Yep. Self-reflection. And we've really optimized the boards we use in Notion to have a voting function. And uh, that also makes retro really fun. Yeah, I agree. And again, like when you see change occur because of conversations that happen, it makes you feel empowered. So Definitely. Yeah. So speaking of changes, this is probably not the last team structure we'll have. Do you agree with that statement, Joanna? (laughs) I think that's accurate. Yeah. Sorry if anybody listening hates change, but it's inevitable. (laughs) It means we're evolving. Yep. Yeah. And so then my hope is just that we can maybe record another one of these next year this time and um, reflect on how things have changed. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where we are a year from now. Okay, that's close to wrap for me. Um, I was just going to maybe mention that we are hiring, like we said, looking to grow this year. Um, the Probably the best place to go is rt.net slash jobs for our current openings. Um, but I know that we're interested in posting some more. And so if you want to know more about that, you could follow us on Twitter. We have um, RT open source on Twitter. So that's probably a good one. Um, and then, yeah, you can obviously listen to the, keep listening to the podcast and, you know, check out the blog as well. Finally, I'm going to say that my DMS are open on Twitter and that if you have questions about this, uh, spe- any of this, but, um, jobs sp- specifically feel free to hit me up. It's J O N A L L U R E D on Twitter. Yeah. And I'll just say John's really fun to work with. So 
I am. You should definitely tweet at him and check out our jobs page. Thank you. Okay, final thoughts? This is great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Artsy Open Source. Keep up with the Artsy Engineering blog at artsy.github.io. Thank you, Eve Essex, for our theme music. You can find her on all major streaming platforms. Until next time, this is Artsy Engineering Radio.